0: You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen.
1: Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are excited to welcome back, as always, our first guest of the year, Dragonfly Coaches, Julie McCoy. Julie is a former attorney turned life coach. She'll be talking with us about new beginnings and giving us her thoughts on acceptance and adaptation. It's a new year. 2022, and it's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at Workplaces Everywhere.
1: Welcome back to our listeners and welcome back to Workplace Perspective. Julie McCoy, we're so happy to have you. Thank you, Teresa. I'm delighted to be back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, you too. I just love that we're able to have you back once again to kick off the new year, uh, 2022. Gosh, I can't believe time keeps flying faster and faster, doesn't it?
2: It really does. But it's a new year. And I think a lot of us agree that is a good thing.
1: (laughs) It's a good thing. New (laughs) beginnings are sounding better and better, aren't they? Right. Well, before we get too far down the road, uh, I want to have you just quickly tell uh, listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: Sure. So, um, for 35 years, I was a practicing attorney. I, uh, I did civil litigation and appellate work. I retired from that uh, career in 2018. Um, my husband and I moved to North Central Washington from Southern California. So, I've been snowed in for the past 24 hours. We've had an enormous snowstorm. Um, but I pivoted to coaching because I I needed something to do with my time and I knew I was going to need some structure after years of of having uh, court dates and depositions and having to appear For things at appointed uh, times. So I went through um, through coach training with Coach Coach Training Institute, a wonderful organization. I did their certification course. And uh, so that has been one one of several things that have been filling my time. I've always been sort of a a volunteer at heart. So I'm doing a lot of volunteer work here in in my new home community.
1: That's great. Well, I can see, uh, for those of you, I I know we're audio only, but I can see outside of Julie's window, she has snow piled everywhere. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I can say that because I'm here in sunny Southern California (laughs) where it's
2: going to be possibly 70 today. So That's right. You can say that because you can drive out of your driveway and I can't. Exactly.
1: Well, it has been a non-traditional few years that we've had with all things COVID, and I think it feels like a wonderful time to talk about some non-traditional ways to begin the new year. Um, So I have a question for you, Julie, as everybody has seen the title of the show, what are you planting in 2022? So Julie, what are you planting in 2022?
2: Yeah, so so just just to back up, um, so the the title, I think, was inspired by this little uh, vignette that I read recently. Uh, Two friends are talking over coffee, and they're discussing their respective uh, expectations for 2022. And uh, one of the women says, well, I'm inspecting flowers. And her friend says, really, why is that? And she says, because that's what I'm planting. I love that. Yes, I love that, too. Uh, one of the things I love about it is that after um, really two years during which we all felt we had very little control over you know, the major experiences in our lives, our work lives, our personal lives, our health, uh, the health of our family members and loved ones. I think it's important to to realize that we do have control over some small things. And those small things can become big things if we nurture them. But it starts with, first, it starts with the seed of an idea, because as they say, all behavior stems from a single thought. So you're not going to spring into action on whatever you have planned for 2022, unless you plant the seed of something and that starts in your own mind with the intention uh, for what you want to create, the commitment to that, and then leads, hopefully, <laughs> to the first step of planting that seed of whatever you would like to see grow in in your life in 2022. I think that this perspective is helpful because it, it gives us a feeling of there is something I can make happen, even in an environment where so many things are, as I said, completely out of my control and at the mercy of someone else telling me, you know, what to do, what I should do. There's so much uncertainty around all the different advice that we're getting and the things that we're doing. We're still doing the best that we can, but we don't really know, you know, what that is. So this is at least something. If you plant a seed, a flower seed, and you you water it, uh, it should grow (laughs) into a flower, right? There's some predictability there, we hope.
1: Yeah, I think there are certain things about nature that have not yet changed. Sun goes up, you know, sun comes up, sun goes down, plant something, water it, it should grow. (laughs)
2: It should.
1: (laughs) I'm not a resolutions person. I never have been. I always think that you just... Because everybody, the reason you f- typically fail is because you set them too big, because you start looking at the year as a whole, like, okay, here's the precipice of a new 12 month period. I've got this blank slate. What am I going to do? And you think grand, you think big because there's so much possibility. There's, there's so much in a year that you can, you know, you feel like you can accomplish, but then you start six steps ahead instead of at the beginning with what, what, you know, even with, you know, taking the flower metaphor, you know, this idea, like, what do I want to plant? What's it going to be? Flowers, herbs, vegetables. What is it that I'm going to do? And then how do I go about doing that? What tools do I need? Where am I going to plant myself? How am I going to nurture it? How many days am I going to water? How much? So, all of these little things that we can control, like you say, is always, it's tough because it doesn't seem big enough.
2: Right. And and I, I agree with you completely. I think that's where a lot of New Year's resolutions uh, fail. The other thing I think that is just marked for failure is, is this idea that I have to start on January 1. You know, you can plant you can plant seeds at any time during the year, and I think in a way we set ourselves up for failure by having this expectation that I'm going to start January one, and by December thirty one I will have lost the twenty five pounds I need to lose. That's a lofty goal, um, and it's great to see that as your end game, but. But really, where do you start? You start with that exercise program. You start with the healthy eating program. And that is that is generally what serves best is the baby steps. You know, I, I'm not going to start doing an hour uh, long run every day is my new exercise program. I'm maybe going to start out walking for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So it's those those baby steps that then motivate us to go on and take still bigger ones and bigger ones and then one day we look around and go oh well that was 15 pounds now i'm motivated you know now i'm right i'm ready to keep going and realize my goal and if it's by december 31 great if it's not until the middle part of next year that's fine too do you think we've
1: conditioned ourselves to get to the goal in other words, that that idea that it's about accomplishing the goal,
2: it's the end game, not the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just think we as Americans, maybe people in general are sort of we're sort of wired that way. We, we look to the to the end game to what we hope to accomplish and we miss out on the journey because we're not we're not being mindful we're just constantly looking in the mirror or staring at the scale or you know looking at the blank piece of paper the book that we haven't <laughs> haven't finished yet and and we forget that the journey is important too and you know one of the things about Starting a new program or learning something new is, is enjoying the process of learning and, and realizing that the process itself is sometimes as important as the ending. Many, many years ago, I took up uh, the hobby of quilting during a diff- difficult time in my life. I needed something just tactile and soothing to do. And I enjoyed working with the fabrics. And um, what I found was that I enjoyed the process so much because I was totally uh, engaged in it and completely present when I was doing it. And I didn't care about finishing the quilt. if i never finished a quilt it didn't matter at all because what was important to me was what i got from the soothing effect of handling the fabrics and just hearing the sewing machine and i'd have music on in the background so it was more about about being rather than doing at that time and i think you know looking at whatever we're doing as a process of a process of being a process of becoming rather than I need to arrive at this point. Sure. There, you have to meet your goals at work, right? Or you are going to get fired? You can't say to your boss, I'm just sitting here being just enjoying, <laughs> just enjoying the process. <laughs> yeah. We got to sometimes achieve some things, but um, I think it, it's important not to lose uh, the fact that, you know, if, if you take up a running program to enjoy the sound of the birds and and the trees or just the piles of snow, if you're in the Pacific Northwest right now, <laughs> I mean, there there are a lot of things to enjoy about exercise. And I know sometimes they're hard. we have to search for them.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, a quick quiz for Julie. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you enjoyed today's show. Do this. Share us, like us, give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love has no labels, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with life coach Julie McCoy about new beginnings and the journey. This journey we're going to start to make some uh, make some things happen in twenty twenty two. So, okay, said we're going to have a quiz for Julie. So, okay, Julie, here's your quiz question: How do you
2: eat an elephant? Oh, Teresa, the answer is simple: one bite at a time, because it's such a big thing.
1: Not that we're advocating eating elephants, by the way. Just have to throw that in to make sure we're not offended. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah, the metaphor for those on whom it might be lost, which probably is no one, is when you want to tackle something big, um, and it kind of goes back to the being versus doing um, what a single bite at a time. So well, I used to tell uh, young layers who had writer's block, they were um, writing You know, briefs, and I would tell them if you're stuck, don't start at the beginning. It's so difficult when you write the word introduction or summary of argument, and then you have to start with that first paragraph. That's so hard. Start wherever you feel inspired. Maybe you feel like you have a good command of the legal principles. Well, then start by briefing the legal principles. That might be in the middle of your brief. That is in the middle of the brief, but that's okay. It's okay. If you like the the facts, you have a good command of the facts, start by writing the statement of facts. If you really know where you want this to end up, what your primary argument to the court is, write the conclusion and let that be your, your springboard Because, yeah, sometimes the task is is daunting if it's an elephant, but if it's just one bite, one day, one bite, that's not so bad.
1: Right. The idea kind of we were talking about in the beginning, it's I think even when you're talking about small steps, it's easy to get hung up on. It's easy to get hung up at the beginning. How do I start and you could spend hours spinning your wheels just because I was one of those attorneys as well, sitting there, you know, trying to start with a summary going, mm, I, "I, you know, I need to start someplace else. And it was not natural to do that. And I think we can get stuck in the middle at the big, be- or excuse me, we can get stuck at the beginning of the process if we don't take that mindset that if I'm getting bogged down and how am I going to do this, what am I going to do this, just put your tennis on and walk out the front door. That's the start. You don't have right.
2: to
1: have your schedule set and how you're going to work it in your life and all of these things before you start doing something. You can just start the journey.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I I was uh, I'm I'm reminded of something I read recently. I've been kind of Searching for the silver linings of 2020 and 2021. Um, And I read some encouraging uh, things recently. And one of them was just a human story about a young man working in a restaurant, I believe in New York City. And he lost his job. He was laid off in in 2020. Uh, He didn't have any hobbies. Um, I don't think much really going on. And he decided that he would learn to read. Well, he knew how to read words, but he had never read a book before. So he started um, getting books. I don't know if he got them from the library or from Barnes and Noble, or I guess they're gone now, but he started getting, (laughs) getting books and reading and, and the classics too: Macbeth and Raisin in the Sun and. a whole stack of really high powered books. And he found that he really enjoyed it. Well, what that led to was creating a vocabulary list because he started looking up all those words that he wasn't familiar with and giving them definitions. And so then as he stood in line for coffee or whatever he was doing during the day, he would be studying his vocabulary list. So it started, you know, tying back to our theme, with that seed, the seed of an idea. Oh, maybe I'll read a book. And that one book became many books and it turned into classic books and the classic uh, reading turned into expanding his vocabulary. Um, so that young man's life was was enriched. I'm sure he must have struggled financially after being laid off from his job, but certainly his life and his life possibilities and work possibilities were enriched by taking that one that one initial step of reading a book.
1: I love that. Think about that. I mean, that's just so powerful, isn't it? That it one is. thing, just taking that one small step uh, and it's turned into such a life, as you say, life-enriching experience. I think it's great. It's much like your quilting story as well. You know, the, the idea that you need something. Need something to do. I need something to focus my attention off of all things COVID, or I need to occupy my mind. Um, I want to keep my mind active, whatever that might be. But what a great thing! It's life changing. It's yes, I, life-changing. I love
2: that. I love that story, and I'd love to hear what becomes of that young man. You know what? What is he going to spin his new vocabulary into? I mean, I doubt he's going to be busting tables for the future. Perhaps he will. Perhaps he enjoys that. And that's fine, too. But to have conquered something that must have seemed daunting to him, I can't imagine if you've never read a book, what that would be like just to open it up and turn to that first page and think, oh, my goodness, there are 368 pages after this one or however many. I mean, it must have seemed like a really daunting task. But he he finished one and apparently enjoyed the process so much that he said well where's the next one and then where's the one after that and and then oh my gosh i learned all these new words what do i do with that it is interesting because you think about
1: um i'm heavy st- i'm not necessarily heavy stuff but the classics i mean and i think that's a great way to do it because i've often you know thought well i just want to read a classic i haven't read it in a while or gee i've never read that one shakespeare would shakespeare would be daunting in and of itself And I remember, I love that process as well. I remember in law school, and you might remember this as well. So I was a good reader. And when I got to law school, it was the first time in, I went to law school later in life. So it was the first time in many, many years that I had to pick up a dictionary to look up a word that I was reading. (laughs) And the first time you're like, wow, that's different. And then after that, it's kind of cool. It's like, Oh, well, what does that mean? Let's let's look that up. Let's figure out, you know, let's figure that out. And it becomes a totally different side note to what you're actually doing. You realize, OK, I'm learning something, but I'm actually really I, I, I'm really expanding my just my basic skills uh, in expanding my vocabulary in a different way. And what's right. that going to do for me and for lawyers? Right. It allows us to. Train our minds to speak, to think in a different way uh, for the audience that we speak to, for the people that we talk to, all of those sorts of things. Really interesting. And I bet you're right. I think even if he never changed his job, his life is still expanded by that much more. And I bet even his personal life has got a little more, got, got, got in a little bit of a different direction, I would imagine.
2: You would think so. You would think so. Hopefully he's not sprinkling words that are too big into his sentences, because that can be a little off-putting, you know. But hopefully he's using his new vocabulary in ways that aren't intimidating to his audience. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like what you just said, because I, I love um, curiosity and where curiosity can take you. And, and that harkens back to you talking about, oh, what does that word mean? I think I'll look that up. Um, and and um, being curious is a great way of, of being in the moment, you know, when we have that spark of, oh, I wonder what would happen if. So we have a whole um, one of my community service projects that I'm very involved in here in northern Washington is we started a, a group of Rotarians and I started a glass recycling program for our community. And it started during 2020 uh, with just curiosity about well, what are we going to do about this problem? We're in Washington wine country here. Um, surrounded by, I think there are 41 wineries uh, just around our little community around the lake here. And some of us uh, were very concerned about all those wine bottles, you know, going into the landfill. um, But we had no other options. There wasn't a way to get them um, to Seattle, to the closest place that would actually take them to make them into new glass bottles. And so we started researching and I spent hours and hours in 2020 just researching what might we do to solve this problem and it started as just a curiosity really on my part not that I was going to start a glass recycling program but just how do we answer the question and then we started kicking it around and next thing we know we're buying a commercial grade glass pulverizing machine <laughs> <laughs> And we're operating it every Saturday at the City Recycle Center as a project to support our community. So that's where curiosity can lead, you know. Amazing. You know, sometimes, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's wonderful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, as we wrap up today's show, do you have any one last thoughts, words of wisdom as we jump into 2022?
2: I would just say that for anyone who is is struggling or, or looking for some fulfillment in life, looking, looking for anything in life, start small, plant a seed. Just say, you know, what is it that I want to see this year and plant a seed uh, toward that goal and then enjoy the process of nurturing it. Uh, don't forget it's about the it's about the process. It's about the journey.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, Julie. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. For sharing you. your wisdom and your inspiration with our listeners.
2: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much.
1: If you want to find out more about Julie and Dragonfly Coaching, you can find them on the web at dragonflycoachjulie.com. That's D-R-A-G-O-N-F-L-Y Julie.com. You can also connect with Julie via our website at workplaceperspective.com. I also want to thank our listeners, My Radio Angels, James and the Nave at Night and Workplace Perspective's Team Extraordinaire, our engineer producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar.